0: My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we and are the Extra, extra sisters. sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 31. In this episode, we are going to be discussing the 1974 slasher classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, this is one of those movies that is just so. Popular and historic for horror, but it's not really one that I've seen a ton. I think maybe this might be my fifth or sixth time ever seeing it. It's not really one that I reach for that often, but it's Mm -hmm. still one I appreciate. Yeah, It's just not one of my, like, all-time favorites, you know? And not because it's not good. I think this... (sighs) I think all the screaming might have something to do with it. It's just kind of like...
1: Yeah, there's a lot. It still makes sense, but...
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say annoying. It's just like a lot to... You really have to be in that state of mind to watch it. Yeah. But I really like it. And, you know, when you think about it, this was made in 1974. So this was before... Uh, that Jason, this was before Friday the 13th, this was before Nightmare on Elm Street, this was before Halloween even, and Halloween is credited with starting all the slashers, but this came before it Mm -hmm. in this genre of cat and mouse, and I'm going to kill you with a knife or a machete or whatever, and in this case a chainsaw, it really was the first of that kind. Other than, like, I guess you could say psycho, but that's more of, I don't know, he's just like more like crazy town. Yeah. Exactly. Like this is too, but like just in a different different way. Yeah. I don't know. But uh I
1: agree. It feels different, but I also can't explain like why. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean he thinks he's his mother or I it doesn't matter. We're not talking about Psycho <laughs> right now. Exactly. We're not talking about Norman Bates. We're talking about Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So So this movie starts with a prologue, basically saying this is the story of Sally's whatever, and it's a true story. Yeah, true story.
1: Which it's not, but it is based in part on the serial killer Ed Gein. Right, like Leatherface is. I feel
0: like there are a couple, loosely based on him. Yeah, because he's so interesting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But it also after the prologue, you get the this very distinct noise, and it's actually a camera going off. Mm -hmm. But the way that they edited the sound really throughout the entire movie and cinematography, the editing on this is just so incredibly unique to this movie. It's just got a different feel and a different atmosphere than most other slashers or even horror movies in general. And I'm not professional enough in the film industry to really put my finger on why it feels different. I just know it has something to do with the sound editing and the way it was shot. Mm -hmm. It's just a little different. The saturation maybe of the, the picture, it's hard to explain, but it's very unique in that. And it's really unique in all respects, especially considering how early it was. But you also hear a basically a news report that two bodies were found and there are 12 empty crypts in this very rural middle of nowhere graveyard and there are no suspects in custody. And then it opens with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre credits. And then it cuts to friends in a van traveling. And Mm -hmm. there are, uh, I think they're probably between, like, I'd say 19 and, like, 24 young adults, but not teenagers. Yeah. And one of them, his name is Franklin, and he's in a wheelchair. And one of the very first scenes you get with them is he just, like, falls out of his wheelchair and rolls down this hill.
1: Which, why? I, like, you see a truck drive by, but he's... Far away from it.
0: Get your boy. Like, do not
1: let this...
0: (laughs) Your bad friends let him just fall out of his... They're bad friends throughout this whole thing to him. But he's just falling out of his wheelchair. Poor Franklin. But then he makes sure to whine about it the rest of the time. Oh, he
1: whines the whole movie. (laughs) That he's alive.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then back in the van, one of the girls, her name is Pam. She's talking about astrology. And one of the guys driving thinks she's crazy. And they pull up to this place... And Sally and Franklin are siblings, mm-hmm. and their grandfather was buried in this cemetery that has been grave robbed, essentially. All these yeah. bodies have been gone missing, and so they're there to make sure their grandfather is still there.
1: No, but there's all these people just hanging outside drinking, like... Not at work. Not yeah. doing anything. What is this where they party? And like, I they don't have a bar in town?
0: Yeah. I know there are, like, rural... Like, I know this is rural Texas, but I'm from Texas, and there aren't just people laying around in graveyards drinking. Oh, that, I, I that doesn't just happen. No, no. <laughs> okay, the, good. Well, I mean, I wasn't alive in the 70s, but I'm pretty sure they had other stuff to do. Let's
1: hope.
0: I mean, At Jesus. least drink at home. <laughs> and then there's, like, this drunk guy saying he sees things, and I, it's just weird. And they get back in the car. I guess they got their answer that their grandfather was still there. And so they get back in the van and they smell, they're just driving and they smell something really terrible. Yeah. And then Franklin says they're passing an old slaughterhouse Mm -hmm. and it's the smell of death essentially. Mm -hmm. And it shows, it kind of cuts back and forth to shots of cattle waiting for slaughter, which is really tough to watch. Yeah. And then Franklin talks about how they beat the animals, and one of them says, we shouldn't kill animals for food. And I'm, like, all on her side. (laughs) I think that was Pam that said that. And while they're talking about this slaughterhouse, they see a hitchhiker, and they kind of debate on picking him up, but they do end up stopping and getting him. And I I know the 70s was all about love and peace and all that stuff, but picking up hitchhikers is one of the worst things you can do. And I... My mother is so bad about it. Not as much anymore. She... So only, like... She especially picks up, like... When she sees, like, older women walking in, like, the Texas summer heat. She'll pick them up and take them somewhere. And it's worked out for her for the most part. But there have been a couple times where, like... She took one to Sonic just to feed her, and ended up losing her debit card and having to turn it off. And oh. yeah, and then there was one she picked up on a country road, and she had been kicked out by her abusive boyfriend. So my mom paid for her to have a motel for a couple nights and fed her and stuff. Oh I'm I mean, telling your mom's you, an amazing
1: person, but my mom
0: and I are like the same person. <laughs> but I'm just not like I I've read too much true crime to mm-hmm. do that. So kudos to my mom i guess but also i don't think she's done it since she got her debit card taken but which is fair <laughs> yeah um but they yeah they pick up this hitchhiker and this is one the like one of the best examples of why you shouldn't fucking do that and the hitchhiker comes in and says he's headed south you're in texas and you? you're south He says his family works in the slaughterhouse and Franklin and the hitchhiker talk about different ways to kill the animals. And I didn't go into detail because it bothers me, but the hitchhiker has photos of animals he has killed. Yeah. Like just in this little like bag that he has with him. And he talks about scraping the flesh away from the bones. And then Pam, who is the one that says we shouldn't kill animals for food earlier, asks them to stop talking about it. And then Franklin has a small pocket knife, and the hitchhiker takes it from him and starts laughing and slits his own hand open. Yeah,
1: fucking crazy. Because he's,
0: like, looking real crazy and, like, laughing real crazy. Like, you almost think he's, like, mentally handicapped. He's just fucking crazy. And (laughs) (laughs) they're all horrified, of course, because he just, like, slit his own hand open. And then he's, like, bleeding and cackling, and then he gives the knife back to Franklin. And then he pulls another knife out of his sock and he says, I have this knife. It's a good knife. And it looks like a razor. Like, yeah, uh, that's Mm -hmm. a flat razor that a man would shave with. And then he whips out a camera like the one before the opening credits, maybe. And he snaps a picture of of Franklin and all of them. And he asks them to drop him off at home because it's real close. And then he says, you could come have dinner with us. And then he gives his photo to Franklin and tells him to pay him $2 for the photo, and they say no, and he gets all pissed off. And so then he basically sets the picture on fire with these little, like, I don't know what they are, like, little explosive beads mm-hmm. that he has. I'm sure some sort of, like, firecrackery thing. And they're all freaking out because he's starting a fire in the fucking van. Yeah.
1: When people start freaking out and you're the driver, pull the fuck over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or if something catches on fire, pull over. And he as he sets the picture on fire they all start of course freaking out and then he just leans over and cuts Franklin across the arm with his knife and then they throw him out of the van and they're like driving away the slowest I've ever seen anybody drive away ever (laughs) right and he's kicking the van and smearing blood on the side of it and then back in the car Franklin is of course crying and they talk about never picking up a hitchhiker again learn their lesson (laughs) (laughs) exactly And then they stop at this gas station in the middle of nowhere and the man says they're out of gas and it may not be there until the morning or the afternoon, later in the morning or the afternoon. So you can actually go to this gas station and visit it. And I want to say you can spend the night there, but you can't go to the house as of right now or they don't like you to go to the house as of right now. So where is it? So it is in a place called Kingsland, which is near Marble Falls in Texas, which for people that aren't familiar with Texas is a like northwest of austin okay like kind of west of georgetown but yeah it's pretty much still there's only like a population i think of like six thousand there but it's i would love to go i think you can do tours now they might have it to where they can do that but i know they were working on it for a little while that's but cool. it might be up and ready to go so we should do it just not in the summer because fuck texas in the summer that's why i moved yeah. the whole <laughs> that's reason that's why i moved <laughs> Franklin asks if they know where the Franklin house is. And I was so confused. I was like, so is his name Franklin Franklin? (laughs) I had to like look because I was like, his name's Franklin, right? That's like not his last name. And yeah, his name is Franklin. And he asks the guy at the gas station, do you know where all the old Franklin house is? And I'm like, all right, I guess his name is Franklin Franklin. So, oh, i'm dying i never put that together yeah That's freaking
1: great
0: yeah i made a note of it and i was i was like am i getting his name wrong
1: or and something unless they just call him by his last name maybe
0: maybe but when like when you look at the imdb page at least it says all it says is franklin and i'm like because <laughs> sally is also is i i don't know so we're just gonna say his name is franklin Franklin. <laughs> somebody's gonna come for us because are gonna be like his name is franklin whatever But uh, Franklin Franklin. I love that. He says uh, the gas station owner says they don't want to go messing around up there. And Franklin says his father owns the property. And the man says he has good barbecue and they should just stick around and not go to that house. So you... I'm pretty sure most people have seen this movie. This guy is involved with this family. Uh, First of all, the hitchhiker and Leatherface are his children. Yeah. And so he's even... wants. Victims, And he's like, yeah, I don't need to go up there. Mm-hmm. Or he just wants them to be more opportunistic and stay with him. I don't really know which yeah. one it is. It's either he wants them to stay there because then he'll just be able to get them easier. Or he truly is warning them, like, you shouldn't go up there because we're going to get you if you do. Well, I mean, he, he
1: is a little upset at the dinner of we shouldn't be tormenting these people basically let's just kill them and move on so maybe there is a part of him that kind of wanted them to go and if they do go then thank god
0: yeah maybe it's like this is just something his family has always done that he's been roped into for his entire life but he's like this is fucked up Mm -hmm. i don't know but it's interesting to speculate Mm -hmm. about his intentions there and then franklin goes on this thing about that guy's the guy's blood is on his knife, and he's wondering if, like, he asks one of them, do you think you'd have it in you to just cut yourself like that? It must really take something to just run that knife. And he's going on about this for a while, and he's like, is that his blood here on my knife? It's just... Franklin Franklin's is an, crazy. He's an interesting character, <laughs> and his voice is so distinct. He's mm-hmm. kind of like Zelda Rubinstein in Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. she has got that that voice. He's kind of got the man equivalent to that mm-hmm. in this movie. And they head out to the house and Franklin asks if they think the guy was just trying to scare them by blowing up the picture. And they pull up to the house and they all get out and they all stare at the blood smeared on the side of the truck. And as they wander off, Franklin asks if they think the guy would follow them. And everyone else goes inside to explore the old, like, dilapidated house. And there's a shot of a nest of spiders. And this is where I'm talking about the cinematography is really interesting, because it really like zooms in on these spiders, and you hear them all like clamoring around, Yeah. yeah. And it stays on them for a while. And then Sally is joking about how run down it is and talking about what it was like there when she was a kid. And then Franklin rolls in again, struggling because there's not like access to this. And they all go upstairs and leave him. And so he goes into the house and he's mocking them for laughing and having fun because he can't go upstairs. And they basically, he says, come on, Franklin, it'll be fun, Franklin. So they convinced him to go on this trip. So he says, here... And then they just leave him and he says, if I have any more fun today, I don't think I'm going to be able to take it. <laughs> and he just starts like blowing raspberries up at the, or like whatever that that he does yeah. upstairs. And it's so funny. This is, that's like the only real like funny part in this movie. And then Pam and her boyfriend, Kurt come down and ask Franklin where the old swimming hole is because they want to go swimming and then they run off. And then you get a similar shot to the spider shot on this animal skull on the ground and these bones hanging in the doorway and Franklin's getting freaked out. So he calls for Sally because this is, I think his father's or grandfather's place somewhere he grew up and he hasn't been back in a while. Mm -hmm. Neither him nor Sally have. And now there's just like animal bones and all this creepy stuff hanging around. So he's like a little, a little weirded out. And then Pam and Kirk headed to the swimming hole, realized that it is dried up. And they hear a generator running and decide to walk to the neighbor's to ask for some gasoline because clearly they couldn't get any at the gas station and they need more to get back. And they're just like slinking around the property and they see all these old cars and find the generators running and then they go up to the house. As Kirk is walking up to the house, he's like calling out for someone. And I, I don't know what it is about horror movies. Do you think you can just walk into somebody's house? Just waltz right. Nobody answers right? the door and you're just like, okay, I guess I'm I'll just fucking in anyway. go in. What the fuck? I don't know if that's a generational thing or just a horror movie thing. I don't know. It wasn't alive in the 70s. Was that just like... Did that just happen in the 70s, people? I mean, I know my grandmother, when I was young, she used to sit outside, sit out front with us and watch us play and she used to get real antsy about us, like even getting closer to the sidewalk and... She said, and my mom said too, it was just a different time and it wasn't as bad, but I really think it was. I mean, abducted in plain sight just goes to show you that it was, Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't as talked about or as publicized on social media. So I don't know. I just, maybe it's just a horror movie thing, but Mm -hmm. they're waltzing on into this house, even though nobody's there. And... So, of course, a... But before he even walks in, a tooth falls on the porch and he gives it to Pam. And she's, of course, disgusted. And she storms off of the porch to a swing that's in the front yard. And so that's when Kirk opens the door and goes into the house. And like an idiot, just walks on in. And then, is anybody home? In the immediate shot in front of him down the hallway, you see a room with a lot of taxidermy and animal skulls hanging on the wall. And you hear what sounds like a pig grunting. Mm -hmm. And he walks more into the house to see... Leatherface appear and Leatherface beats him with a mallet and knocks him out. And he starts seizing mm-hmm. and he gets grabbed and a door, like a Which metal is door slammed. gets slammed. Which yeah. Right. And Pam walks into the house after Kirk doesn't come back after she's called for him a couple times. And she's wandering around the front of the house, calling for him and stumbles into a front room that has chickens and cages and bones and feathers all over the floor and a skeleton's, that look like people skeletons but only partials like sitting in a chair human hands and skulls hanging from the ceiling and i made a note here that i just love the music mm-hmm. the suspenseful music and this is so good and then of course pam starts dry heaving and crying and she gets up and can barely gain her footing as she walks into the hallway the door opens and Leatherface starts chasing her. And then we get that iconic scene of her making it out Mm -hmm. the door, but him grabbing her by the waist and her kicking and screaming. This is
1: why you don't wear flip-flops right
0: here. Yeah,
1: You can't run away from Leatherface.
0: And this is pretty brutal. He hangs her on a butcher's hook by her back. So just her skin just right on the hook. And then there's a zoom-in scene of the chainsaw. And then he takes it to Kirk in front of her. And then it cuts back to Sally, Franklin, and Jerry waiting around for Pam and Kirk. And it's starting to get dark. It's about sunset-ish. Mm-hmm. And Franklin still worries that Hitchhiker is coming for him. And he just cannot stop talking about this Hitchhiker. He's so freaked out. I mean, he got cut by the yeah, stranger. Exactly. Right? I don't blame him. And he can't find his knife. And he argues with Sally that she never gave it back to him. And then they're arguing Sally's a bitch to him. Like, I know they're siblings, but come on, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jerry decides that he's going to go look for Pam and Kirk and Sally wants to go, but Jerry says that she needs to stay behind with Franklin and she's all pissed off about that. And Franklin says to her, you really didn't want me to come, did you? And Sally says she was just tired. And Franklin asks again, if Sally thought the hitchhiker could follow them. And he says, Sally. And she says, what now? And he says, nothing, never mind. And it's so sad. <laughs> he's like the kid that gets bullied this whole fucking time mm-hmm. and not even his sister's nice to him, which I guess would be the last one to be nice to him if she's really annoyed. But and then Jerry's walking around looking for Kirk. And then Jerry also stumbles upon the house and knocks on the door and says he's looking for a friend. And he initially starts to walk away from the porch, but then he sees Jerry's towel over the porch And decides to investigate further. And then Jerry is yelling for Kirk and says, quit playing games, quit goofing on me. And he hears some sort of almost like moaning sounds. And he goes in because he thinks that they're just messing with him. And he walks into the slaughter room, is what I called it. (laughs) It's like a butcher room. And he hears banging from a deep freezer. And he opens it and sees Pam in the freezer. And then Leatherface yells and beats him with a sledgehammer also. And he then, Leatherface then starts yelling and getting real paranoid about other people being in the house or near the house. Because this is the third person that's just walked into his house. Yeah. Like he, and he's not, I'm assuming these people are inbred. Yeah. Because they're not, it just seems like they've got some mental retardation of mm-hmm. some sort going on.
1: But I mean, even at. If- that. They, they're they walking into his house. So, yes. It, right, exactly. We are supposed to feel bad for the kids, but also they're walking into his fucking house.
0: Yeah, that's why you don't fucking do that. Exactly. You're going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. Because, like, in Texas, if somebody walks into your house, you probably shouldn't get them with, like, a chainsaw. But you just shoot them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: regardless if you're a serial killer or not, technically they're on your property, you can just shoot them. Exactly. And you won't get charged. Like, it's just the way it is. So, don't go walking into people's fucking exactly. houses. But he is really freaked out. And he's got this mask on and it's got like eyelashes and it's it's real gross. Yeah. It's nasty. And it, then it cuts to the night like it's very dark and Sally starts honking the van and yelling for Jerry. Sally and Franklin start fighting because Sally wants to go look for their friends and yeah. they eventually both go which is so fucking stupid because Franklin's in a wheelchair. He 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 knows that. They all know this. It just seems more efficient to leave him behind because I can't imagine how difficult it is to push a wheelchair through yeah. like waist high grass and yeah. uneven but he's scared ground. To be left alone. Exactly. And so they, of course, run into Leatherface and he chainsaws the fuck out of Franklin. Yes, like, yes he does. Immediately. Because there were all these people in his house, so he's just assuming there are people around, so he's going to go looking for Exactly. Him. And so Sally screams and starts running away, and he chases her basically into his house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she runs into the house and locks it, so he takes the chainsaw to the door. A chainsaw's one of those weapons that you can't really do much to, like, thwart it off. Yeah. Like, it can get through almost anything, especially because doors are typically wood Mm -hmm. it's just gonna until it runs out of gas you're just gonna have to try to outrun it which is essentially what she has to do and then she runs upstairs screaming for help and she sees what looks like dead people Mm. in an upstairs bedroom yeah and he runs up the stairs after her and she jumps out of a window and runs away again There is so much of this movie that is just cat and mouse. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of screen time is just her running and screaming, which is, it makes up the, basically, genre that this is. But it's almost, like, a little bit too much. Yeah. A little bit too much running and screaming for me. And I think that's why I don't reach for it very often, because I'm, like, she's just running and screaming, running and screaming, running and screaming. Okay, I get the point. Mm -hmm. Like, let's either get her or don't get her. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's right on top of her pretty much the whole time. And she ends up at the gas station that they were at from earlier, which I'm wondering what the radius is of all of these things. Right. They must be pretty right on top of each other because she doesn't seem to run that far because she's pretty banged up already at this point just from going out the window
1: which i'm confused about because especially in rural places where people haven't had to build on top of each other those plots of land are usually
0: acres and acres and acres of land your neighbor
1: isn't like you can't even see them from your house right
0: right so i wonder how and what her sense of direction was did she know that's where she was going or did she just stumble upon it i know she grew up there but i'm just it's just interesting like i wonder how much land Mm -hmm. she had to cover to get there but I guess adrenaline will carry you pretty far.
1: That's true. But I mean, even when they're just looking for someplace to get gas, mm-hmm. like, you, you can't see your neighbor from that house. So how do they know which direction right. to get to
0: this house? Right. Okay.
1: Exactly. But that's just horror movie stuff that you have to take on faith.
0: Yeah. And she busts into the gas station and the owner sits her down as she's losing her shit, which is fair. She's trying to explain to him that somebody's after her and Mm -hmm. trying to kill her, but she's so, first of all, exhausted from Mm -hmm. running and hyperventilating that it's difficult to talk to him. And the business owner holds her and tells her there's no phone and they'll have to drive to Childress, which is interesting. So it's just a different... Childress, Texas is not really necessarily around where they were, so the setting of the actual house doesn't ring true to the movie just oh, okay i don't think throwing that out there but he walks to get his truck and she's just staring at the barbecue he's cooking and starts crying because it probably is actual like you know beef and pork yeah. and stuff but she's just i mean it just Freak is triggering because <laughs> it looks like a butcher shop and she's seen a butcher shop of people. So exactly. And so he pulls up with a truck and walks in smiling with a bag and rope. So it's like, okay, well, this is also an enemy. This poor girl. Mm -hmm. Enemies everywhere. He tells her to cooperate and there will be no trouble. And she grabs a knife and somehow he whacks her with a broom, not even that hard. And it's enough to Mm -hmm. drop the knife. And
1: Yeah. I was thinking that too. He doesn't even like hit her that hard. She gives up pretty fast.
0: Yeah. Yep. I feel like With if you think
1: someone's going to kill you or tie you up in that bag, you would fight a fuck ton harder.
0: Yep. But yep. She grabs a knife again, drops it, and then he's on top of her laughing and eventually subdues her and ties her up. And he puts her in the truck and turns off all the business lights. And he's like, oh, gotta turn it off. The cost of electricity is enough to drive a man out of business. And he's just, like, talking to her normally. So you can... You also get the feel here. He's like, it's okay, sweetheart. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not you're gonna be fine. Nobody's gonna hurt you, which is a fucking lie. <laughs> right. And you know he, you can, but you can tell he's a little uncomfortable with the situation. And he drives off, and she's of course in the back crying. He says she's got nothing to worry about, and gets happier as she screams louder, and he starts laughing over her. And he pulls into the driveway, and that hitchhiker from earlier is in the driveway, and of course he's like half wit, and he's all mad at him, and. He gets out and starts beating the shit out of him and gets mad because he almost got caught. And he says, I told you to stay away from that graveyard. So you kind of thought earlier that that creepy hitchhiker was the one at the the Mm -hmm. grave sites. But now it's confirmed because what you think is his father is saying, like, I told you not to fucking go there.
1: Also, he said his house wasn't that far. And it was during the day, the hot summer day. And now it's nighttime.
0: Maybe he took a pit stop and killed somebody else. I don't know. That's a good point. (laughs) Went back to the graveyard. So now we also know that this is just a whole fucked up family, because you're back at the house, so you know Leatherface, the hitchhiker, and the dude from the barbecue store and the gas station are all just one happy fucked up family.
1: No mom or sister No, no women.
0: women. Mm Mm-mm. Except I think there's a dead bitch upstairs in in the room, but she is pretty sure dead dead. Yeah. Unlike the grandfather that's up there that you thought was dead.
1: Have you ever seen X-Files? No. Okay. There's an episode in X-Files where it's uh, basically this inbred family, and they keep... It's really gross. They keep their mother underneath the bed, and then they just wheel her out to have sex with her to make babies. And that's gross. I know, and that's what this makes me think of: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, where are they creating Leatherface and this hitchhiker? Was it from the grandmother? Is that what she was? Well, there that's for? what
0: that's kind of what I, th- I, because you kind of get that feel there are from this, like podunk little town. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that like. Texas, like rural texas but specifically this movie town and they're all like talking about they've, they've all just been doing the same thing for generations and generations how are you going to bring somebody else into that exactly it's kind of seems like they need to be in the same family and they're all kind of dim-witted yeah so it kind of paints that like hills have eyes-esque mm-hmm. little picture for you there yep. so when they pull up to the house the Father figure, I suppose, yells at the hitchhiker again. I told you not to leave your brother alone. Look what your brother did to the door. And because he chainsawed through the door to get to the, the girl. And then Leatherface walks out and the dad starts beating on him and he cowers. And so even though you've got this big hulking man with a chainsaw, he's scared of his father mm-hmm. or whoever this is to him. And he he cowers back. And the other son, the hitchhiker son, if you will, ties her up to a chair. And Sally realizes... It's the hitchhiker, and he's taunting her, and she's screaming, mm-hmm. and then he goes to get Grandpa.
1: Which is super gross.
0: Yeah. And then the father tells Sally to take it easy, and they'll fix supper in a few minutes, and then Leatherface comes in to observe her, and the dad yells at him to get back in the kitchen like he's a dog, <laughs> like, you know, and he, he obeys. And the grandfather figure is wheeled down, and this is when you, like, we're pretty sure he was just dead sitting in a chair, but yeah. he's not. He's super fucked up looking. Yeah. He almost looks like he's got some sort of, like, fake face on, but he's just we decrepit. He we a dead body, because it yeah, looks like Yeah, exactly. And he, they, they cut her finger. This is so disgusting. They cut her finger, and they put it in his mouth, and he just, like, sucks on her finger at the mm-hmm. dinner table. What are they, Vampires they're just sick like <laughs> yeah they are and then it cuts to Sally's exhausted face and she almost looks like she's passed out and sh- which essentially she she did and she wakes up to them eating just casually eating dinner and starts screaming and they all start screaming and howling to mock her and then she begs them to let let just let me go please don't kill me and then she's like or just kill me like mm-hmm. i'm tired of this And there's some back and forth with the family and the dad says that he gets no joy out of killing. So this is when you get that first, like, he doesn't want to be involved. Mm -hmm. He brought her to the house and that his job is over. He's not going to do anything beyond that. And then Sally says she'll do anything and start screaming again, and they're all laughing. And I, when I was watching this next scene, I was like, oh, Kristen fucking hates this, because it zooms in on her eyes a lot. When she's
1: going crazy. Yeah, yeah she's screaming, screaming,
0: and it's zooming screaming. in on her eyes for a long time. And again, this is where the cinematography and the saturation of color in this film is so interesting to me, because it's not just, like, straight... Like what you would expect the colors to look like. There's almost like a yellow tint to mm-hmm. this whole film. Yeah. Or at least this these few scenes. It's really interesting. And I thought it was a really cool detailed shot of her eyes because you even see the vessels and the yes. the blood vessels in her eyes and the movements that her eyes make. And it's it's pretty gross if you don't like looking at eyeballs. Yeah. And then Leatherface moves in on her and the dad says, no need to torture the poor girl. Get it over with. And the hitchhiker, dude doesn't want to hurry, but the dad says there's no sense in waiting. So he wants to drag it out. He likes to do the torture and the scare. Yeah, exactly. And they tell their grandpa they're going to have him do it since he's the best at killing. And then there's more choppy zoomed in on her screaming face. The dad tells her she doesn't have anything to worry about because grandpa is the best at killing. And it won't hurt a bit. They get her up out of the chair, and they lean her over this, like, metal bucket. Basically, it's a blood bucket. Yeah. And the grandfather... They keep handing him these, like, sledgehammers, and he keeps dropping them because he's, like, really... He's, like, feeble, fragile. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way he can, like, lift that hammer and and beat her, really, to death. And she hasn't stopped screaming this entire time. And they're all laughing. And he does get in a few swings. She gets a few knocks on the head that are pretty good and during the scene she's able because they're all worried about him being able to kill her so they're focused on they keep putting the hammer back in his hand and picking it up and putting it in his hand and she's able actually to escape she jumps out a window and it's daytime when she goes outside and she's bloodied up and hurt really bad and she hobbles away and of course they run out of the house after her but not only do you have Leatherface coming after her you also have the younger Mm -hmm. kid the the hitchhiker the skinny little guy And then they both come out, and he comes out with his chainsaw to chase her. And she's really gimpy, so the hitchhiker gets to her with no problem. But they're close to a road, and they run out on the road, and he gets hit by a truck. And the truck stops, and she hobbles to the truck driver, but Leatherface is behind them. And the truck driver doesn't get going, so they both crawl up into the cab of this truck just to crawl out the other side. Why? Yeah, he's not cutting
1: through the door. He, he's, yeah, just he's making
0: marks. He's trying to cut through the door, but he's not able to. So just fucking start it and go. Stay in the fucking truck. But yeah. No, they get back out of the fucking truck. They get truck. out of the truck, right. <laughs> and the driver grabs this really big, heavy wrench and throws it at Leatherface. And he falls over and the chainsaw goes into his leg when he falls over. And so, of course, he's screaming in a lot of pain. And he gets back up and they wave down a passing pickup truck and she jumps in the back. And he is so close to her as this truck. These are like the slowest moving vehicles in (laughs) any fucking movie. And she jumps in the back and he's, like I said, so close to her. You're like, oh no, it's Mm going to get her. But then she's in the back of the truck and it gets away. And she's like laugh crying and screaming like a crazy person. And she's all bloody. She's
1: freaking gone. Yeah.
0: And he's swinging the chainsaw around above his head and it cuts to the credits. So it really is. The whole movie is a really quick... Massacre, yes. like very quick. Everyone dies, and then there's one girl left to play cat and mouse with, and she's the only one that gets out of this alive.
1: Yeah, she's our final girl
0: amongst the five of them. Mm-hmm. And I love the scene where she's laughing at the end. That mm-hmm. would be me i would just have lost my shit at that point because you've been in survival mode for so long and now you don't have to be so your body's releasing all of Mm -hmm. that oh my god i
1: was talking to connor when i was watching it going how long can you be that scared or that in fear of your life passing out with people standing in front of you without passing out or literally going insane like what else is your brain supposed to do
0: yeah well especially because it's like that fight or flight response and if you literally cannot like do either one of those things like i would hope my brain would just be like i got you homie and just mm-hmm. shut down like yeah
1: exactly. i don't want to be
0: around for this but i think that 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 instinct takes i think it just stays until you're you're dead yeah you know i think the adrenaline doesn't stop i'm never i don't know luckily i've never been in that situation but i i can't imagine that the adrenaline or that fight or flight stops yeah. you know so Absolutely. i think the whole time you're just riding this horrible horrible the worst kind of high like get me out of this situation and then it breaks when you're safe and then the crazy just like i would be yeah. laughing and crying and yeah i mean i would i would say this a lot after horror movies it all ends with you know usually like like this you don't really know how she is afterwards like and in like exorcism movies they all just go back to normal no ma'am you'd have to lock me mm-hmm. up for a long time yeah. at least a year or two yeah. for me to be able to cope with that and feel safe. Because at least in like a mental ward, somebody's checking on me every 15 minutes and nobody's going to get me because it's on lockdown. Yeah. I would have to be locked up for a little while that makes after me, any of this.
1: That makes me think of Final Destination. You've seen all of them, right?
0: Yeah, I don't always, I'm not able to always distinguish all of them from one another because it's been so long, but yes, That's, I have.
1: So the, the final girl in the yeah. first movie, yeah. you see her in the second one and she is. She is in a mental ward. She is in a padded cell. You cannot come in with all this stuff. And someone's like, really? She's that dangerous? And she goes, no, honey. She thinks you are. Because, yeah, that'd be me. You cannot have anything.
0: Me too. Like, no, I, I'm not going to hurt anybody, but I just think that I wouldn't be able to sleep. Like, my brain would never be able to shut it off. Like, mm-hmm. especially, like we said, being in fight or flight for that long, for essentially 24 hours yeah. straight without a break. I don't think my brain would be able to recover from that, and I think I would just constantly live in fear that he's coming back to get me, and even if I got to sleep, I would just have nightmares about him. Absolutely. So I'd never get any rest. So what you got for... There's got to be a lot of history and facts on this movie, because it's such a classic.
1: There are so many facts. So I'm going to admit right now, I honestly didn't particularly like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. When I delved into the facts about it, though, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm seeing the masterpiece in it.
0: You know, I wasn't super excited to watch this. I, I've seen it, like, you know, and I've, it's like one of those, like, you've seen it, you've seen it, okay, it's a whatever. Classic, you have to see it. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't super excited, but I watched it and I got more into it this time than I have in the past. And I think it's just because I was picking up on things that I hadn't picked up on before like I never knew why that movie felt differently to me and I started picking up on the color saturation Mm -hmm. and the film, the editing and the sound mixing and all this stuff and I think it was a pretty low budget movie. It was. So just for I love stories like that where they made it for not a lot of money and it just became so ingrained in our film culture, horror or not Mm -hmm. just became so ingrained in film culture and have to be held at such a high you know, pedestal because it is such a those are the best movies that were
1: made on such low budgets. I mean, yeah. think of *Night of the Living Dead*, *Blair Witch*, *Texas Chainsaw Massacre*. These are ones that we know forever, yeah. and they were made on such low budgets. Yeah, and I feel like unfortunately we don't have as much of that now because movie companies have gotten so big; they have so much money to throw it.
0: Well, big and you've got people. CGI now, whereas back, you know, even up until really the 90s, CGI wasn't that great Mm -hmm. even at that point. So everything you did, you had to really do with grit and creativity. Like The Evil Dead, for example. It wasn't like the best dummy work I've ever seen, but that wasn't awful. And you know, and back even let's go back to the thirties, you've got Frankenstein with the dummy being thrown. Like they all they had to do all of those yeah. things themselves. Like it wasn't a computer doing it for you. So mm-hmm. to be able to get and the acting in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Sally, holy shit, she did a great job.
1: Oh, I have more background stuff to give you that you're gonna think she's fucking amazing. And oh, the fact I bet. that we don't know her as a major actress is really sad.
0: She did so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I I if I ever got an acting gig I would just want to be the victim. Be, like, I think just being, like, just screaming and being... It would be a, a tough part to act, but I think it would also be fun. Yeah. But I'm sure you have to put yourself through a lot to mm-hmm. do. Because somebody recently said to us that they don't really respect actors and actresses because they think their jobs are easy. I don't necessarily agree I with don't that. that. at all. Yeah. I think that you have to really put your... I think maybe some...
1: Yeah.
0: You know, that and can be even true. Even if what
1: you're doing right in front of you is easy. Maybe you are good at that. You still have, like I've said, all the parties to go to, all the premieres to go to, all you of cannot, this bullshit. If
0: you're socially awkward, but you're also you a gifted actor, it. like that sucks for you. Yep. <laughs> Cause that would be like, if, if we, okay, I'm not saying, but if, if anything ever came from this podcast, if we ever got any sort of notoriety and had to go to some sort of event or something live, I think that we would both be, need to be medicated. I'm like Dude, seriously yeah. need we to be, be, freak like, out ahead of time. Yeah, so I have a lot of respect for that. So mm-hmm. just watching her in this role get so into, really looking horrified. Mm-hmm. I think she just did a stellar job. She did. All
1: right. So my facts. So Toby Hooper was the director for this, which this was his first thing. But we we've already talked about Poltergeist, which he was in. Yes, Steven Spielberg. Toby Hooper was the director and he actually let Gunnar Hansen, he's the man who played Leatherface, he Mm -hmm. let him decide how he was going to play Leatherface. That's cool. That's very cool. So Gunnar Hansen, after sitting down for a while, decided that he figured Leatherface was probably mentally handicapped. Okay.
0: So yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what he figured. He wanted to play it that way because he figured that's probably what was going to happen with this family. So he actually went to a school for mentally handicapped children, and he watched them for a couple of days just to see how they move, how they act, how they talk if they can talk, things like that, how they do right. that. He got very, very into it. And then he actually even went on, so the we have three masks that Leatherface wears. Gunnar Hansen was the one who wanted all of those. And he, it's almost like, have you ever heard people talk about Lon Chaney and Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. How he he acts through these masks, mm-hmm. that's what Gunnar Hansen did, was he had his i am going to chop him up mask, which was the first one we see. And then the one where he's in the kitchen, it's actually like an old lady. Mm-hmm. So he's like being domestic and he's trying to help out around the house. That's that mask. And then he has the third one of they're having a nice dinner. So he wears the, the pretty lady mask, which, ha- which has makeup and stuff on and things like that. These actors were fucking amazing. I can't even explain it.
0: Yeah, they really were. I looked into the man that played the hitchhiker. I don't remember his name in the movie because I just, when I was watching it, I just, unless I hear it, you know, I'm just Mm -hmm. referring to them as what I remember them as. And he did a lot of, he did some anime voice acting and stuff, but he never really went on to do, because I was really impressed with his crazy, like, Mm -hmm. demeanor. And so he didn't really do, he did some, some more horror things, but he also did a lot of voice acting. So it's so interesting to me that you've got these re- really revered horror performances that really didn't go on to be big-time screen actors. Linda Blair didn't really yeah. go on to be a big-time screen actor. None of these people did. Robert Englund, I mean, like, he did a few things, but he mostly just stayed in Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, little franchise there. And so it's just... It's
1: just more of that stigma, stigma it, on horror. Yeah,
0: because they, I think for horror... I'm not saying for other movies too, but like more so than like a love story or something like that, because everyone has had, most people have had some sort of relationship where they've been in love and they can channel their personal experiences. But when you're acting in horror, I would hope to God none of these actors have ever been captured yeah, or possessed yeah. by a demon. Like, you're really relying on the directors, the writing, and just having to go to a place you've never had to go before and reach into those depths of primal fear exactly. that most people never have to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I just... I Of course, I'm a horror fan, but even that aside, horror acting, when it's done right and it's done well, mm-hmm. is... leagues beyond I think any sort of romantic comedy acting or and I hate to say that or mainstream acting because there's not a lot of personal experience you can use to rely on and I also think that's why some horror movies are just so bad because some actors just can't Mm -hmm. get there
1: yeah no these actors were amazing so I was already talking about Gunnar Hansen so I'll continue with that They went on to do things that I don't think you could convince anybody to do nowadays. He, so at the very end, when he gets cut by the chainsaw, he's got a metal plate on his leg and a piece of meat and a Uh. blood bag. And he was okay. He was like, yeah, sure. Bring this chainsaw at me. No, he was, he was petrified. That's why that scream is real because he's he's petrified, but also because that he's screaming because that chain is hitting him through the metal. Mm. and it's causing it to heat up, and it burned the fuck out of his leg. Oh, I bet. Sal- the woman who plays Sally cannot say enough good things about th- her. She's amazing. She, Toby Hooper had a stunt double for her to jump out of the window, but she had to eventually land. And when she landed, it fucked up her knee in real life, like, really bad. So when she's limping at the end, that's real.
0: I'm saying they go through yeah. a lot of
1: shit, man. And when he cut her finger with that razor... They couldn't get the knife and the blood to, like, line up. She literally, she, she moved her finger so that it would cut her. Wow. So she was like, we gotta do this for the movie. I'm literally gonna cut myself right now. Yeah. I
0: wouldn't. Yeah, well, it maybe she was in such a place of adrenaline. She was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not even gonna feel it. It's like being mm-hmm. drunk. Like, yeah, oh, this is running so heavy right now and my brain just cut me. Like,
1: So, <laughs> Most of it, I mean, obviously most of this is Leatherface because it's Leatherface. Yeah. So Gunnar Hansen had one shirt the whole time that they were filming, and it was actually dyed at the time, so they couldn't, like, rewash it. Yeah. So this, he wore the same shirt the whole time in 100 degree Texas weather that...
0: Ew. I bet he smelled so good. People, t-
1: towards <laughs> the end, wouldn't stand next to him anymore, wouldn't eat lunch with him, wouldn't do anything.
0: Okay, but that really made the character what it is because he looks nasty and grungy and yes. mentally and compa- like just not yes. there. So, I and it is also, they did film this, from what I understand, in summer in Texas. Yes, they did. Fucking miserable. With yes. AC, it's miserable. Yes. You can't go outside. I, can, I guarantee you I've been through enough Texas summers. Even, so, when we had an in-ground pool that was like 12 feet deep. So, the deeper it is, the cooler it stays. When it got to August, our swimming pool was usually, like, lukewarm, and it wasn't even refreshing.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, Gunnar Hansen, at the very end, when he, when Leatherface is spinning the chainsaw, that was actually because Toby Hooper was the director, and he put them, the whole cast, through so much shit that all he was told was to be frustrated at the end. And Gunnar Hansen is like, hmm, stomping my feet's not going to be enough at this point. And Toby Hooper didn't tell him what to do. So he swung that chainsaw to scare the fuck out of Toby Hooper, which it did the trick because of what he had done to the
0: cast. I'm sure. Like, it's <laughs> okay. Like, he could have dropped it because it sounds like they had a real chain on that chainsaw because you can rub a chainsaw without a mm-hmm. chain. But it wouldn't have given them the effect they needed. Mm -hmm. It would have been really easy to spot. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no chain on the chainsaw. So him swinging it around like that. Man, Osha would be all over that shit. (laughs) Exactly.
1: See, actors would not have done this nowadays. And then the last important thing that I have is, it's a big thing. It's the dinner scene. So the whole dinner scene, it was filmed with real rotting food. In 110 degree weather in a small compact place. And
0: there ain't no AC in this old broke down house. No.
1: So, I mean, it's 100 degrees outside. You're a small compact house with no airflow. It's getting even hotter inside. Especially with all the body heat. Yes. The body heat and the smell of rotted food and the smell of bodies of just like sweat and stuff became so intense. People were passing out. Mm. People were dry heaving. And the hitchhiker actor, he actually said that this, that, filming that scene was the worst time in his life, and he had been in Vietnam. Oh my god. Yeah. It got so bad in there that some of the actors started to slip their own sanity, like in real life, and they started becoming who they were. When you have cannibalistic murderers sitting at the table... You don't want that. You don't want them to slip (laughs) their sanity, because... Uh, Gunnar Hansen said that when his hitchhiker brother told him that he needed to kill her, he wanted to fucking kill her.
0: Wow. Yes. That's so scary. That's
1: fucking petrifying.
0: Yeah. Get them a window unit. Come on. Dude, just right? run it when you're not filming. They can still look real sweaty. Yeah. Man, that's dedication, though, to your craft. Because I think a lot of people would fucking quit. Right? I'd just be like, I am not going to finish this scene until you give me some fucking air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Whatever with the smell. Like, mm-hmm. I get that that's for ambiance, atmosphere. Give me some goddamn AC. That's how I am, like, right now. I don't have AC in my house right now. And when it hits the 80s, I think I'm going to die. Uh-huh. Like, exactly. in Colorado. So, <laughs> so yeah. In Texas, like, I know that we lost AC the last summer that I was in Texas. Our AC went out. And we literally got all the dogs, and my, my mom, my brother, and me, and two dogs got a fucking hotel room. Yeah. We wouldn't even sleep there until they fixed it. Yeah, I bet. So, no.
1: I mean, I couldn't imagine, I'm just reading, I couldn't imagine that kind of weather.
0: Other than being sick or injured, feeling, like, that hot is, like, the worst. A heat stroke is real, too. hmm So they need to be very careful with this. Yeah. And the... Mm, no, thank you. I would quit. I'm a diva, I guess. I would quit. <laughs> I would honestly, okay, so going into this, I was like, this is probably going to be like a three for me. I think I'm going to bump that to a four out of five. Mm-hmm.
1: That's actually what I was thinking too. <laughs> I was even like, oh, maybe a two. I just don't like all that gore and screaming and stuff all the time. So, but now after having all this background knowledge on what they actually went through, yeah, I'm going to bump that to a four also.
0: Sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a good, and you know, it's just not like something that I want to watch all the time. It's just like the horror movies that I, I want are really in-depth stories. That's mm-hmm. why I watch the It remake so much. Yeah. You know, that's what I like in horror where it's scary, but it's also got a really strong story and not that this one doesn't have a strong, it just doesn't have much of a story because it's literally just cat and mouse the whole time. Exactly. But that's, that's a lot of people's thing and I'm not going to discount it for just not being my thing. So yeah, like solid four on my mm-hmm. end. Thank you so much for joining us for this dive through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We don't say this every episode, but just to throw it in here, we really appreciate you listening.
1: Oh, absolutely. So much. We were surprised that anybody was going to listen. Yeah, and
0: it still just blows our mind. We're like... Half year and a mm-hmm. little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it's been really, really cool. But you can find us on Facebook and Instagram if you search for the Extra sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at The Extra sisters And we also have our website if you're not into app streaming or anything like that. You can find all the podcast episodes on our website at com, and also on YouTube. It's The Extra sisters Podcast. If you have any movie recommendations or just have an opinion you'd like to share and you're not into DMs on social media, you can find us at The Exorcistors.com at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us with anything you have to say. We'd be more than happy to hear it.
1: And next time we see the Dracula that was never meant to be. Till then, stay creepy.